Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. Now, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in the day? Which, by the way, is quite laughable because me and Jenny were just talking about how we don't have a spare minute, let alone hour at the moment. But we need to make time for it. We need yeah. the, we need that space to do something right. I think, or just have a moment. I, I like to think I'd go for a run. I'd do some yoga. But I think I might just sit in a chair and stare blankly <laughs> at a wall. <laughs> That's the reality, isn't it? You get a bit of time and you think, all the things I could do. But no, I'll sit and watch mind-numbing television, which doesn't actually serve you in any way. And it would be time better spent um, talking to a therapist. I do therapy. I'm very open about it. And I, I, it's changed my entire life. When you're really busy, when you're trying to get your thoughts in order and organise your brain and, and look after your mental health, as a busy mum, it's totally impossible. But when you have a conversation with uh, a trained expert therapist and they give you tools that you need, it just makes it so much easier. And you know what? As a parent, you feel looked after, which is a rarity these days. Absolutely. What, you mean it's more beneficial than watching the Kardashians or something, Jenny? Yeah. I I'm yes that I am saying I yep. am shocked. Uh, we know that therapy can be quite daunting. So if you are thinking of it of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, which is what we need, flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to, questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. With over 1000 therapists as well in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash two new mums. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash two, two W-O, new mums. Right, well, this has gone well. Um, we're having to re-record. I've just had to tell Jenny off for her bad language. You can't have that in the intro to this podcast. Okay, our best behaviour. Best behaviour. Rain it in. <laughs> To two new mums, which is uh, it's a new podcast. This isn't new to us. We'll explain more about that in a moment. But I'm Amy Vos, and I'm Jenny Longdon. <laughs> now, if you're thinking, "Crikey, that was slick!" Yeah, Those two sound like they've done it before. Um, yes, we have. So you may have listened to our previous podcast, which is called Two Non Blondes which is a female-focused podcast that we've been doing the last few years, uh, which we very much enjoyed. And we just um, suddenly found ourselves in a rather unique position, both pregnant at the same time, basically, it's- which was a, a very strange day. We'll, um, we'll go over that in a moment. But, I, I um, yeah, it, it felt like an opportunity we had to seize, really, didn't it? 
It's wild. Amy and I do this entirely by ourselves, like no producers, nothing like that. We could have had 50 producers on this podcast and we couldn't have planned something like this. So Imagine if we had planned it. That would be so committed. In fact, so committed. we planned this and Mother yeah. Nature had no part in it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is the podcast. Look, if you're currently expecting, you're thinking of getting pregnant, you're not sure... Maybe you're on the fertility journey, which can be largely awful, um, yeah. as I will go into later. Then join us because you'll probably, uh, you know, we're clueless, um, to be honest, but we are going to navigate our way through this, through our pregnancy, up to the up to the birth. Jenny wants to do a live streamed birth, videoed, so uh, yeah, that is a joke. Do, and do you? Uh, I, just... am n- I don't hate that. I, I don't. Right. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Jenny will be live streaming her birth. <laughs> So um, you really will get an insight. Um, Wait, no, because with that, I had a conversation with my fiancé Christian right last night and we were talking about if I can give birth in a birthing pool, which would be my ideal situation, right? And he was like, well, obviously, I also would get naked and get in with you. And I'm like... No, not naked. There's there's other people in the room. (laughs) And and I think it just suddenly dawned on him that we wouldn't be alone. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really, that would be weird. Yeah. Okay, you just you just made the birth a weird situation. I think even if there weren't other midwives there, wouldn't you just be distracted? Like, put your pants on. I don't, why do you need to be naked? I think That's they, a lot. That's a lot for the child to deal with. And he said, yeah, but you're, you're naked. And I'm like, there's two Slightly very different. different. Yeah. <laughs> Although often, like, are you totally naked when you get, like, do you wear a bra top? Oh, I don't know. Or do you need? I've not thought about that. Oh dear! You see, this is the thing. I'm gonna. What do you wear? I'm gonna. I would opt for a bra top with the size these are at the moment. Like I feel like a crop top is some support that I would need. Because I think I'll feel very vulnerable, like in a room of people just completely in the nud. <laughs> um, I appreciate they are going to have to, you know, deal with the business end. But mm. uh, the, the the rest, I would like. Yeah, I think I think I'd like a shawl of some kind. Do you wear some like? Kind a t- of- Modesty. A t-shirt, like... That seems weird, though, yeah. doesn't it? That's like a five-year-old boy when he's running around in a t-shirt with no pants. Like, weird. <laughs> I don't want that either, so... Um, I don't know. Well, look, these are the kind of issues we are going to have to face. Um, yeah. So we will we'll come on to those in... Uh, maybe we'll do a whole episode on that later <laughs> later down, down the line. We're, we're planning to go through sort of each stage... Uh, with you as much as we can and what's very exciting uh, we are very proud and um, especially after that revelation a little bit shocked to be the baby shows (laughs) official podcast partner if you've not heard of the baby show it's the UK's leading pregnancy and parenting event it's returning to the Excel in London for the first time in two years this spring because of the pandemic which is amazing and very exciting for us because this is where we're expecting to basically learn everything yeah, it's a biggie, this. There's a lot that happens. The show is sponsored by Lidl. You uh, love Lidl because you always get things from that middle, is it like the middle magic aisle or something? Middle aisle bangers. You've talked about that before, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's taking place from Friday the 4th to Sunday the 6th of March. Uh, so it's very close to our due dates as well. <laughs> it's a one-stop shop for new and expectant parents to try and buy products. You can watch live demos, listen to the UK's top experts and benefit from brilliant discounts. I love that word. From over oh. 200 exhibitors. So Amazing. it's definitely a must to go to and check out if you're expecting, thinking about it, uh, yeah. parents already it's, it's a biggie 
we should probably, in case you haven't listened to our previous podcast, just uh, tell you a little bit about us mm. and our life situations. Because I think this is always interesting with pregnancy. Because So Jenny and I have known each other for... What, 15 odd years we've worked together probably yeah it actually long, is yeah. yeah it's a long long time we both work in radio we're both presenters uh I'm a presenter on Virgin Radio Jenny's on several radio stations <laughs> I'm a presenter on Hits Radio and Absolute Radio Country and Gem Radio uh so okay. yes we're busy yeah um, so that's where we met and, and that's why we've, uh, you know, been doing the podcast together for a long time as well. But we are, Jenny is like, if you've not listened to the previous podcast, she's sort of like my younger, ruder, luder sister. Thank you. Who I often have to rein in. Um, so I just want to apologize in advance for something she says, you know, make me, I, I struggle with. So, you know, the, it could get graphic, but we'll, um, we'll see how. See how we go. My, um, my midwife's already said to me, you're very comfortable at talking about things, aren't you? And I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, this is... yeah. And, and a midwife, they talk about that. it all. They, they see it all and know it all. They and do. I've managed to Aren't shock they... mine already. I've um, So I've had a couple so far. And um, well, like I've got the regular one at the hospital, then my local one at the doctor. And um, they are just the loveliest people I've ever met in my life. And I always walk oh. away thinking, I'd like to be a midwife. That seems yes. like a nice job. They're so calming. So calming. And I love the word midwifery. It's just such a nice word to say, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's a very good point. Anywho, we are digressing. So yeah, so Jenny and I have worked together a long time. We've done this <laughs> podcast, Two Non Blondes, where we've documented a lot about our lives. We've talked about relationships and marriage and careers and the pressures, like everything that consumes a woman's life, basically. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that we find ourselves at this point. Um, I mean, I've been with my partner for, oh, it'll be 10 years next year. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, Jenny's been with Christian a a few years now. Um, Three, I think it's three. Three. Coming up to three. And what happened very recently? (laughs) Oh, well, we went on a little trip to Snowdonia, went up Snowdon as far as my pregnant legs would carry me. And uh, he got down on one knee and asked me to marry him. Go on, lads. Gosh, you did ever so well. It was great. The dogs were there. Uh, it was by a little fairy pool that I'd been paddling in. It was it was magical. It was so nice. So, yeah, so I'm actually engaged, which is wild. Because if you've listened to Two Non Blondes, there's been so many times where I've been, like, on magical dog walks with my partner. And I've said to Amy, it, it, this is going to happen. Oh, yes. Do you remember the yeah, beach? Yeah, you've been waiting for this. Yeah. Yes. And I've been definitely telling him this needs to happen uh, and then finally it did and actually at a point where because I'm pregnant I just didn't expect it so he, he did nail it but also it's quite interesting our sort of relationship journeys I mean I know especially for you Jenny because you were just talking earlier about how if we fast forwarded like five years ago you, you have documented other relationships I mean even dating it's weird to think on our podcast you were talking only if you know four years ago because we've been doing it quite a while haven't we but yeah. you were talking about like some disaster do you remember the disastrous dates that you had it's so mad that only a few years ago we we're talking about that and now you're sat here you know, knocked up and engaged. It's been a mess, Amy. The last before, like life before Christian BK was an absolute mess for me. I had a horrible single life, dated some absolute cretins and um, now I've found my happy ending, thank God. Yeah, so it is good to get to that point. I mean, I, I'm, we're unmarried, living in sin. Uh, we do oh. have a little... A little dog, Peggy Sue the Cavapoo. I actually thought, um, I'm not, I'm not, I, now, now I'm pregnant. Pregnancy was the thing that I was 
focused on more than anything and wasn't really that bothered about marriage but I wouldn't mind a ring I mean yeah. a ring would be nice right an engagement and I thought actually on Christmas day we were in bed and he'd done that thing where there was like four or five parcels and the last one he was like open that one last and it was quite small it was a small box and I was like oh is this is this it and uh, I opened it and it was a pair of Apple earpods which <laughs> is also lovely um but I would be lying if part of me was like why are you just Oh, okay. So he was saving oh, it to the last because no. it was, yeah, it, in his eyes, the biggest it's present. So, so horrible you know, when you build it up, but you know, Christmas Day would have maybe been obvious. And you know, like you say about the ring, I just want to yeah. say, like, so my rings, it, it's a bit too big, but I'm aware my hands are going to swell with pregnancy. So oh, I feel my like diamonds too heavy on my hand. <laughs> it's not a diamond. It's just... it is right, a Kim diamond. Kardashian. Oh, is it not? <laughs> it's a rainbow moonstone with cruelty-free diamonds. He did extremely well. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, there was specifics that I'd given him. But it's too big, but I'm aware my hands are going to swell, so I'm just keeping it too big. But Amy, it's so scary. Every time I go in the shower, I have to take it off. If you wash the pots, you have to take it off. And I've never owned anything nice. And I just know my yes, friends you are check listening on me. to Jenny whinging about being engaged. <laughs> and uh, so far, she's talked about how big her engagement ring is, too it's big, not, and she has tiny. to take it off when she washes up. So um, it's a blessing. I'm not and a getting it tiny violin out for you but that would be a concern of mine because i do lose everything yes um, i don't have anything expensive like that so um no so so yeah so that's pretty much <laughs> where we're at we're both dog lovers we have been and now we're moving on from dogs to uh two-legged humans and this is so something we'll we've how... definitely got to navigate because that's a massive fear of mine is the yeah the, how because you've got you've got peggy sue i've got deer and chewy when a baby comes, it, gosh, gosh, the dynamics are going to change, obviously. But you don't want them to change too much. Like you you and I, I mean, we both let our dogs sleep in the beds with us. And what happens oh, yeah, then Peggy, when you're night Peggy feeding? Sees, yeah, she sleeps alongside me. We, we have already discussed it and we've actually brought a bed upstairs. We're going to start the transition to putting her into a bed in, at night in the same room before the baby gets here so she doesn't resent the baby. That is the plan. Oh, um, if I'm honest, I love the visual of dog and baby in bed, one big happy, like just mm-hmm. big, big old messy bed. That's, I'm into that, but apparently healthcare workers aren't keen on <laughs> dog and baby in bed. So um, yeah, apparently you're not meant to do that. So probably shouldn't. Again, this is a learning process for us all. You know, I liked the image of the baby on the dog's back, you know, and like cuddling each other and stuff. But... Yeah, in little cowboy boots. Uh, no. Yeah, like. It's riding That's a horse. A very, why are you dressing your why why are you dressing your baby up? This is concerning. I mean, yeah. that's another thing, isn't it? Really, baby outfits. I oh. do like anything with ears. I have to say. So that's going to happen. I've got so, so much stuff happen. with ears, Amy. So much stuff with ears. And also, yeah, it's hard because I feel like at thirty-three, I'm still navigating my own style, right? Trying to find my place in the fashion world, and now I've oh, got to do I've... that for a small person forget how young you are this is the other thing Jenny is a lot younger than me so Jenny is obviously 33 I'm 30 39 mm. but I feel like uh, all right that was a bit mm. <laughs> I didn't know how to respond <laughs> sound more disappointed oh, for me you're a t- you're not old <laughs> thanks a lot uh, <laughs> can I point out and I don't know why this is important but you'll know if you're trying to conceive or in, if you're in your late 30s I, I got pregnant at 38 and for some reason I wanted to point that out because um, it becomes a countdown. 
in your late 30s, I think, when you're trying to get pregnant, it is it gets scarier and scarier by the year. Oh. So, um, yeah, I just, anyway, it's not a relevant point. Oh, dear. So that's a bit about us. I think the um, this episode, we, we thought we'd talk about our, um, I really want a better word than journey. No, journey's a great pregnant. word, because no, that's what we've been American. on. Yeah, but we're not, uh, oh, this is my journey. It's a bit Instagrammy. I'm. I don't, but there is no better way to say um, um, how we got to this point. This is path. Okay, yeah, our fertility, our <laughs> conception path. That sounds so rubbish. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Right, this is a bit of a, well, basically, um, Jenny, uh, we'll talk about Jenny's journey to conception first. Um, she sneezed and got pregnant and that was it, the end. Uh, that is not what happened. No, that's not quite true. Mine, mine has been quite tricky, so we'll save, save the best till last. Um, yes, it's been quite a, quite a, an endurance test. Um, so tell us a bit about what happened with you. Because, I mean, obviously you've only been with Christian a few years, so did you have a conversation that, or you both knew you wanted kids early on? No, no. I've I've never been sure of if I want to be a parent or not. Christian's a bit older than me. He's 41 and he definitely, definitely wanted kids, but has never pushed it on me. So we've spoken about it and we kind of started having unprotected sex and the reason for this is just that I just don't like contraception of any kind I really really don't and we kind of said look if we were to fall pregnant we're in an okay position for it we would be happy and I kind of said we'll let the universe decide because that is the way I live my life I want to ask you a question because I'm the same in that I never had I wasn't on the pill since I was in my early 20s didn't agree with me when you say unprotected sex yeah unprotected oh god i want there's no nice way of saying like was it was it full unprotected or was there a method the how do i say this in a nice way pull and pray okay right she's gone that'll do (laughs) so because i think that's quite interesting because um yeah what do you class as unprotected just just pull and pray so i think we started with the 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 pmp yeah. And then just didn't because yeah. we were doing this for about two years. So the majority of our relationship and 
it never happened and okay. and f- for reasons that christians had in the past and stuff like that we we started to think this just isn't going to happen for us mm. and especially you know like through lockdown there was nothing else to do so th- we were having a lot of sex i wasn't tracking my ovulation like i know that's a whole thing that luckily i never had to do um but it, I would have hit my ovulation because I don't think we missed a day for a long, long, for several months. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of like we said, okay, well, the universe has decided it's probably not going to happen for us. And with Christian getting older and stuff like that, we just, that's what we'd assumed. And I'd kind of made my peace with that. We we had a situation about a year in to having unprotected sex where um, I had some smear test issues and some cervical screenings and I'd had like abnormal screenings for seven years of my life. But this this was particularly scary, this one. And I was told that if things didn't change, they would have to remove a part of my cervix, which would mean that I would struggle to carry a child. And it was only when I was told that, that for the first time in my life, I went, now that it's not maybe a possibility, I want it. Mm. And I think a lot of women relate to that when something gets hard and when something doesn't seem to happen, it makes you want it more. Have it. I've said this to many of my friends who are my sort of age or in their late 30s. They don't know. They don't have a particular maternal instinct and they don't know if they want kids. And I've said to them, do you know what? Go and have a fertility test and see what your see what your situation is, because if you suddenly find out you've only got a very small amount of eggs you've got low amh and i'm not quite sure about all that kind of stuff but you know if your odds aren't good yeah you might suddenly have that pang of oh well actually i want this and and that's happened to a few people i know they've had a like whoa okay i need to do this situation so it's yeah. kind of gives you a nudge i guess because it, it is like ignorance is bliss i think i i kind of was living in that world where i was taking it for granted of ah oh, maybe i will maybe i won't and then it's like no actually jenny maybe you won't because yeah. maybe you won't be able to so then all of a sudden I, I started to want it a bit more and it was actually the the test i did when i'd conceived and fallen pregnant was the first time I, I did a pregnancy test because I was getting a couple of the symptoms and I just thought, right, let's try it. I'd done so many over the last two years, obviously not using any protection. And what, so many pregnancy tests. Yeah, because my pre- my um, periods have never been regular. So I've always been, oh. um, you know, curious if it's late because obviously you need to know. So um, I did one and it was a day that Christian and I were having a full-blown argument so we weren't talking to each other. So I snuck a pregnancy test upstairs, so angry with him over something insignificant. And I did it and it was the first time where I actually sat and waited for the result and I said in my head, oh, it's just going to be negative again. And it's always negative. I actually felt guttered that it was going to be negative and I looked and it was positive and I ran snuck down and grabbed two more tests and snuck them up and did them and they were positive and then had to go down and apologize to Christian for whatever I'd done that morning to <laughs> cause P- the argument P- P.S. do you still like me because something to tell you yes exactly and and yeah so it was a complete surprise it, it wasn't planned but it was something that we'd you know, we were ready for if it happened. And so when it was all systems go, it was it was great and it was wonderful. And we were really, really, really grateful for it. Well, that's interesting because that's not as easy as I, as I, as I thought for you, actually. Because I suppose if you were sort of unprotected for a couple of years and then we were a bit like that in that, you know, we weren't particularly careful. We were in a long-term relationship and um, 
yeah, you think, oh, there's something wrong. How has it not happened? But it's only when you start yeah. trying, you realize, well, I, you know, I knew nothing that, oh, you have this small window of fertility and, and, um, and that's when you get pregnant. But so did you drop the P and P towards the last <laughs> few months then or something? I think the P and P lasted a, a week and. Okay. Then, then, yeah, we kind of on and off. But, yeah, it just, we honestly really, really, really thought it wouldn't. Like, that's yeah. that's where we were at. And so it was a surprise. It was a big, big surprise. But then, you know, people are like, well, you can't be that surprised because you weren't using protection. It's like, well, it took a long, long time. Yeah. You just don't know, do you? Yeah. That's bizarre. It's, um, yeah, so mine was a bit... Um, yeah, well, started quite strangely, actually. So you never did any of the ovulation tracking, that kind of stuff. So I haven't, no. So it's interesting because I got to, I remember I got to 35, I was, 30, I was 36 when I first fell pregnant. Um, so it was a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, the summer before the pandemic. So that's 2019. So we, I, I remember it was like about the May and a friend, had, I said to a friend, look, I think... I want to start trying. But the thing is, is my boyfriend at the time wasn't, he's always a bit nervous about it. He was like, I just don't feel ready. And he was like, I've never been 100% about having kids anyway. Whereas I was, I always wanted kids, but I was waiting until as late as I could, to be honest. Because yeah. we very much enjoyed our life, you know. And very, you know, career focused and everything. But I got to like, yeah, after 35, I was like, I need to look into this because I knew it could take some time. So my friend said, well, why don't you start tracking your ovulation for a start and check that works and then see what happens. You know, or, you know, check your ovulating. And I was like, well, that's a good idea. And I quite enjoyed it at first. I was like, oh, this is interesting. But the first yeah. month, I remember I bought an ovulation kit and I didn't get a smiley face. So, you, you know, you get a smiley face come up when you're ovulating. And I was like, How? oh. Great. How do ovulate. you track that? Because I know some people use apps and some people use sticks, but I don't actually know how the sticks work. The sticks, basically, it's like about five days. Is it after your last period? You have like about five days and then, is it seven days you start ovulating? God, I can't even remember now. Um, but you start peeing on sticks, basically. And then you pee on a stick a day and then you'll get like a smiley flashing face means your um, high fertility. And then if you get a, a solid flashy face uh, fo so solid smiley face it means peak fertility and then you're like you've got to start banging kind of thing like that's when you go <laughs> that's like you will get, get pregnant yeah so anyway so I did a, a month of these ovulation tests and nothing came up I got no smiley face and I was like oh. I had this thing in my head like I've got a feeling because we hadn't been very careful the previous years because I was always kind of like if it happens by accident that's ideal yeah then you're not overthinking it it's taken out my hands and it never happened yeah. I never ever had a scare or anything and um, so I thought, right, I don't, I think I've got issues here. The next month we went on holiday to a friend's wedding in Italy, got very drunk for a week, obviously had a lot of sex. And then I came home and I remember a few weeks later, I was like, I, I woke up one morning, I actually felt amazing. I just was in this wonderful mood, but and my boobs were extraordinary. And I was like, I'm very regular. I am clockwork. And I was like, yeah. what is going on here? And I just suddenly thought, surely I'm not pregnant. And I actually thought, I'll tell you what, I'll pee on one of those ovulation sticks because they can pick up the hormone. Right. And I, pe I peed on it and it was a solid smiley face. And I was like, ooh, okay, this is weird. Anyway, I, I then started getting some pains, some like quite strong pains. And I thought, maybe I'm pregnant. But you know, you sort of, you, you ignore it and you go, I'm probably just, I was probably not. I didn't do a pregnancy yeah. test. Waited a day or so. Anyway, these pains started getting quite bad. And I ended up calling the doctor saying, 
I've got really strong pain um, around my abdomen. Um, can I? Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I think I might have had a little bit of bleeding. And she said, I'll just come in, talk her through it. She called the hospital and went. It was one of those days. It was a Friday. I had a day off. <laughs> I was meant to go for lunch with my mate. And um, she was very lovely and calm. And she went, yeah, can you go to the early pregnancy unit in an hour? And I was like, <gasps> oh, okay. That seems quite, you know, I just thought I had like, I didn't really know what to think. And I still hadn't really confirmed I was pregnant. I went, yeah, yeah. okay. So I went, had a um, investigation. And the nurse, I mean, I'll never forget what the doctor literally said to me, you're pregnant, but it's ectopic. It's stuck in your fallopian tube. We're going to have to surgically remove it today. And I was oh like, my I had to take all that. Bearing in mind at this point, Kenny, my boyfriend, didn't even know I'd gone to the doctor. He didn't even know about anything. I, hadn't, I just didn't want to freak him out because I thought he's going to have no idea about any of this. Like, you know, he doesn't even know that I'm in the pregnancy mindset at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I'd gone to the doctor, everything, just without telling him. And all of a sudden, within like one minute, yeah, it was like, you're pregnant, it's ectopic, you're going into surgery. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Obviously burst into tears. It was so much to take in. Yeah. But I mean, it's quite extraordinary, you know, the NHS moments like that. Within 15 minutes, I had a cannula in my hand. They were, <laughs> they, you know what's really weird is I've just had my nails done. It was when I was, I was quite into shellac at the time, those like the <laughs> fake gel ones. She went, I just had them done like two days before. She went, can you remove these? And I was like, no, of course not. It's shellac. I don't have to remove shellac. It's like rock solid. And I'd had it on my fingers and my toenails. And she went, we need it to come off because that's how the anaesthetist keeps an eye on your condition during surgery. And I was just like, you know, when you're like, what is oh. happening? And all of a sudden, it was just a really weird mix of emotions. I was obviously devastated that I was having an ectopic pregnancy and I was scared I was going into surgery because I've never had any kind of intervention like that or anything like that. But there was a small part of me was like, wow, I got pregnant pretty quick. Like I did, we yeah. didn't even try. Like, I think we must've just been having a really good time and really not been cautious. And I was like, wow, that was weird how that happened. So I was kind of happy that I'd got pregnant, but also confused because it was ectopic. Now the weird thing with ectopic is it's, um, it's one of those things you've sort of heard about, but you don't know anything about. Yes, and definitely. without you know don't feel alarmed if you hear this but it is it is the reason they're so swift with it and they get you in the hospital is because it is it's life-threatening if it's untreated so it's one of those a bit like if you had appendicitis or something you know they they take it very seriously you're an emergency because but purely because if the um if your fallopian tube ruptures you get internal bleeding that's bad bad news wow and I didn't get to that point where it ruptured, but apparently from what I've heard and what I've read, that's mega painful. And that's when you, you're straight into surgery. So okay. I was like prepped and ready to go and everything. Suddenly in a hospital ward, I had to call Kenny and tell him, which was really weird. He was like, he was about five hours up north for a meeting. It was just so weird. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm in hospital, I'm pregnant, but um, it's being removed because it's ectopic. And he was just like, I mean, the head spin of that. It was really, really, yeah, it was quite I don't surreal. know what you, what you process first there for you and Kenny. What, what, what goes through your mind first? Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's I was too like, much. I was like, shit, I, I had a feeling I was pregnant, even though I'd never been pregnant before. Like it was a yeah. very like strong feeling. Um, but then... Yeah, I was to be honest at that point I was just a bit nervous because I've never had surgery and I was just a bit like and then it got really complicated because 
they came in and they said okay basically my surgery got delayed so I ended up staying overnight they kept an eye on me it got very painful and but I just had loads of painkillers they were lovely and they said we'll do the surgery tomorrow I was like okay in the morning they're doing your bloods every I think it was honestly like every hour or so it was really regular and they said well this is interesting your HCG your the hormone the pregnancy hormone HCG yeah HCG they said it's dropped dramatically so basically the the pregnancy knows it's not viable and I was like, well, right. that's, which is amazing. It's quite, when you think about the human body, I was like, that's quite remarkable. Your body obviously knows this isn't a viable pregnancy. Yeah. So, so it was, I, I guess, dissolving as it were. So anyway, it was dropped and it dropped so much. It sort of dropped by half or something. They went, it's dropped so much. Actually, you don't have to have this surgically removed. You could have an injection. Uh, I think it's called methotrexate. And I was like, right. And they said, so what do you want to do? And I said, this is where it's awful with the next topic is you can have your tube removed um, and then your tube's gone, that's it. And you, yeah. you can you can still have a baby with one tube. It might take a little longer, but... and Or you can have this injection and it will sort of dissolve and you pass it naturally, which is obviously, there's, you know, some people might not want to do that. It's quite, um, quite an unbearable thing. And I said, yeah. well, okay, but here was my question. I was like, well, I don't really want to remove... I'd like to save my tube, but is it damaged? Because if it's damaged, this is going to cause a problem again, surely. And they were like, yeah. we just don't know that. And then they left me with the decision. And they said, can you decide? You've got 10 minutes to decide whether you save your tube or not. And I was like, oh my God. And that's when that's when you go full pelt Google, mum's net. Um, there's an amazing website actually called uh, the... I'll look it up in a minute. So it's, it's the topic organization or association. But oh my God. I was like, how can I make that decision? It's hor- I get why they give you the decision, but it's, it's really tough. Because I just thought, I don't want to have a damaged tube because that's going to obviously impede the next pregnancy. Yeah, and, and you, you just don't know enough. And it's it's hard when it's medical and you, you're saying to your doctors, you're looking in the whites of their eyes saying, advise me, yeah. but they can't. But they're the ones that know more. It's so, you're just hanging on the medical professionals every word, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, well, you kind of want them to make the decision. But yeah, so anyway... I said, I ended up saying, I just need more time. I'm sorry, this is too big a decision. You know, they kind of want to get you out of the bed, don't they? But I was like, and the guys were in their surgical gear, like ready to see me. It was really like tough. But I remember I was chatting to my sister and she was like, if you're not sure, just wait, just wait. If you're not in pain. Love that. Yeah. So we did. So long story short with that, I ended up in hospital for five days. Wow. Yeah, because it just sort of, Basically, my HCG level just kept coming down really nicely. Things got delayed. I started thinking, I just don't think I have enough surgery. They were like, right, well, then they talked me through. This. So this is ridiculous. They talked me through the injection. And bearing in mind, it's August. I was meant to be going to Turkey in the last week of August. And they said, we can give you methotrexate, um, this injection, and then it will pass naturally. Um, and you save your tube. But you won't be able to go in direct sunlight for six weeks and or drink or do all these kind of things and I was about to go on this big boozy holiday how ridiculous is this and I started welling up and she was like are you okay and I was like well I'm meant to be going away oh Amy honestly just a woman who loves her holidays I was like but also I was a bit put off with methotrexate because I googled it and it was it's basic look it's not chemo but it's 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 got a lot of chemicals in it I don't like taking ibuprofen like I'm I'm a bit I don't like any kind of drugs I don't take any uh, supplement no I take um, vitamins and stuff but I don't like like taking medicine so I yeah. was just 
she, I got a bit upset and she was like, well, look, she went, to be honest, you could just not have this at all. And she went, you, you could have what's called expectant management where it passes naturally, which is what I ended up doing. And I got discharged. Wow. Now, the only thing with that is it took about three months to pass. So you have a bleed for about, I think it was like a good two months. Which must be quite traumatic because it's every, t- it's a reminder every time, isn't yeah. it? Every time yeah. you go to the toilet. It was, it was kind of, it, it I was I was okay with it. I think again, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm just so happy I was able to get pregnant. Um, yeah. And I was like, well, this is the start of the journey now. Um, yeah, it wasn't very pleasant, but and also hilariously, of course, I couldn't go on holiday because you can't fly when you're in the middle of an ectopic anyway. So we had to cancel. So that was just hilarious. Um, yeah. And so the next few months were a bit odd. And obviously you can't have sex and obviously, and then after that, they then um, did a scan to check up and they were like, there's still a mass there in the tube. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. not good. Um, and then I had a oh, high cozy, which is where they pump dye, like about, I had to wait another month or so. Then they pump dye through your tubes to check they're clear. Right. I had that in like the December and they said the tubes are clear. So that was good news. So then Gosh. by uh, January, I was like, woohoo, we can c- get cracking. By which point, <laughs> I mean, this this is a whole other level. My boyfriend turned around and said, I don't think I want kids. Um, <laughs> which which is so frustrating, but so understandable after going through that. Because I was yeah. going to ask, did you not, did it make you hesitant? Like, did you feel like this could happen again? Or d- yeah. did it dull your spirits at all with it? the whole thing? It made me think, one, I definitely want to have children. Yeah, And then it made me scared of when we try again, of it happening again, because I, it, you know, I, I de- dealt with it okay and I got through it. Um, I, I wasn't public with it. I wasn't, you know, I didn't share on Instagram, nothing like that. N- none of none of my fertility journey I've shared until now. Um, I didn't even know all that. No, no. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I definitely didn't want to children, but um, yeah, I was really worried about going, I was like, how do women go through multiple miscarriages? I honestly, yeah. I still don't know that. Because mm-hmm. that is, or even further along, you know, I was, I felt sort of lucky that it had happened early on. I was, they didn't know exactly, but I must've been about six weeks, maybe something like that. Um, yeah. And I think for him, it was quite an ordeal and we didn't talk about it much. You know, he was a bit, we, we were, yeah, I just, I, I'm a bit sort of just crack on and yeah. So I think it had, it definitely affected us and he was just like, just don't think I want children. And then I had a couple of months where I was like, oh my God, well, I want to start trying. Yeah. And then, you know, that's an, that's a whole other, I know other women who've had this and that's awful because, you know, I'm now 37. I want to have, I know I want to have kids. I've thought I was just about to start this journey and now he's not up for it. How, what do I do? I find a new guy. It could take another couple of years. I was looking at sperm donors. Like that's when you start, your head starts going a bit. Um, I think, I think you said to me at this point, we were talking about babies and I was very much like, not sure not sure and and you said because I'm like what's five six years younger you you said seriously think about it like really think about what you want from life and and what it means to you and if that possibility was taken away from you because I had the privilege of time mm. and and that was actually really helpful when you said that to me well I think you just don't know what's going to happen and you can take time for granted can't you totally you know I was 36 with that first pregnancy and I'm now 39 you know that it's been a you know and this isn't the end of it this is only the beginning it's like you just don't 
not to scare people, but it's not as straightforward as, oh, let's just stop having protection or I'll get pregnant in next year or whatever. It, you just don't yeah. know. And it's, um, it you know, and once you get into the whole tracking, that's the worst bit. So, I mean, then the pandemic happened and then I actually, because I remember like we, we, we'd we go like a couple, we went a couple of months like not having sex because he just didn't, you know, we were just in this weird space. And I, yeah. that was, I remember sobbing when I was ovulating because I wasn't able to have sex. I was like, oh my oh. God, I want to be trying for a baby now. Oh. It was awful. And then the pandemic happened and then I thought, I don't want to get pregnant right now. You know, when we really didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So we actually had quite a nice few months off where I sort of didn't think about it as much because I thought I absolutely don't want to get pregnant right now. Um, and it was quite a good break. And then sort of spring came around and it was that lockdown, which was actually, I mean, it sounds awful to say, but like I, I quite enjoyed that lockdown because it was so sunny. We suddenly were at home all the time. We had more time. We were working from home. It was delightful. Yeah. And I think I just started the conversation up again and all of a sudden he was like, okay. And it was just, and it was, it just changed. I think it was just, we'd been through whatever we'd been through. And then we're we're very SAD. We're very seasonal. So I think somehow, somehow we're different people. Hence Um, the devastation of not going to Turkey. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's why I remember like I'd got an app and started tracking ovulate and I was like, brilliant. And like got the sticks now and the smiley faces were coming up. So, and I remember that first month I sort of didn't tell him too much, but we, um, I think I sort of indicated we, when we should be, you know, or we just did it, whatever. And I got pregnant. Oh. And then um, about four weeks in, I started bleeding and then I had another miscarriage. And I'm so I was sorry. just, it's just like, that was worse. That was so much worse because yeah. we'd just been like the ectopic, the ectopic happened. And then to go through like him not being sure. And then I couldn't believe that we sort of, first time I had sex it was like I got pregnant again I was like, oh my god but then to lose that was that was bad and that was mm-hmm. really upsetting um luckily I had at the end of that week I had um a girls weekend booked and I would recommend this for anyone a girls weekend booked at a beach hut we hadn't been able to go anywhere because of covid and it was like June and we just went and got drunk for four days and I honestly laughed all weekend and it was the perfect tonic so for anyone going through anything like that for the love of God, book yourself, weekend with the girls or your boyfriend, whatever, but somewhere, get away, get drunk, like get whatever it takes to get through it because that really did heal me. Like, mm. um, And then after that, basically, we then sort of started trying and then it was the ovulation tracking and it just didn't happen. And Gosh. it would month, a month would go by and if you're doing this now, you know, like it's just, you know, you have that bit of hope every month, you do it. You, you sort of schedule it which is I used to call it se- I'd be like brace yourself it's sex week and he'd be like oh god um <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just largely awful it um, really changes how you see sex does. and your body doesn't it yeah yeah it was just like oh and every month you know we'd get a negative and um that went on for like six months and it started to really get me down and I, but I was really focused on it way too much. I started cutting back on drinking, on caffeine, doing all the things they say. I had acupuncture. Wow. Eventually went to the doctor and said, look, I think I've got a problem because I've had two miscarriages now and we're not getting pregnant. Like something's yeah. not right. Went through all the tests that you go through. Everything came back totally normal. Absolutely fine. No problems with either of us. So then it was called unexplained infertility. 
I'm sort of rattling through it a bit quicker now, but we but got... But that's kind of unexplained fertility because I know someone else who's had that and it's it's nice to hear there's no problems, but it's also, yeah. it's so impossible to process because it's like, well, what's wrong then? Why isn't this working? Exactly. It doesn't, you've not got a solution, have you? Exactly. It's awful. It's really painful because at least if they say, well, you've got a low reserve of eggs or you've got, I don't know, I don't know, like, I don't know anything about AMH and stuff like that. I'm sorry, but you know, if you've got something like that, there's things you can do to work on it. Maybe there's drugs you can take. You've found a specific problem. I don't know. But unexplained is just frustrating. You're just like, well, I don't understand. So Mm. luckily, because of what I've been through with the uh, miscarriages, they put me on the waiting list for IVF, which was great. Three rounds where we lived, um, but it was an 18 month waiting list. So I was like, oh gosh. By which point I'm I'm heading towards, rattling towards 40. Yeah. So we're on that waiting list. We had the consultation, stuff like that. And then it was just a waiting game, really. And then it came round to summer. Um, no, when was the really bad? Yeah, this time last year when it was really bad lockdown, and we were like, we need to move house. We need to get. We're in a flat in London. We need a bigger house, bigger garden. So we moved house, and that happened sort of about G- uh, May June, and it was such a good distraction. You know, this whole time, obviously, I'm waiting for IVF, which I know is still a you know a year away by this point. Um, you're still trying. That is just doing your head in. Everyone's yeah. getting pregnant around you oh, at my gosh, age. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it's it's awful. It's just, it's such a painful thing to go through. And you just can't understand like every in, every month. And then you've got the two week wait after you've had sex where you've got to wait, like take a pregnancy test. It just, it becomes so all consuming. And even though people go, you need to relax. You need to take your mind off it. It's mm. just not that easy. That is oh, no. so hard to do when your body's like feels like it's become programmed. Of um, course. And, and I, I imagine every time you get a, a negative pregnancy test, you feel like you are getting further away from it. Yes. Whereas the reality is you're not any further away than, you know, where you have been. But I imagine every time it just feels like you're stepping further away from something you really, really want. Totally. And it's just so frustrating. And you just get to a point where you're like, okay, it's probably not going to happen for me. Like I'd be on forums in um, the ectopic pregnancy group. And I, you know, at this point, I'm still convinced there's something wrong with me. And it got to the summer, we moved house. That was a brilliant distraction. Really enjoyed that. And I said to, I just said to um, Kenny, I went, you know what? I can't wait till next January. It was summer, summer this year. I just said, that's too, let's just do a private round. You know, it's expensive, Mm. but let's just get it done. It's important. I just couldn't handle it anymore. And so I went to a private clinic, had a scan and everything. They were like, yep, you're good to go. Um, basically, we decided to go ahead with it. And they said, okay, well, um, give us a call when you get your next period and then we'll send you the medication. That's where we were at. We were about wow. to go on holiday. So I was like, brilliant. I'm going to go on holiday. going to have an absolute <laughs> blowout before I start IVF because that's going to be quite intense. Yeah. So we went to, we managed to uh, get to Mallorca, had a great time. It's when England were playing. I basically got pissed five days in a row, like really drunk. <laughs> and that isn't like you. Good time. <laughs> not, not anymore. Like That's like no. me in my twenties. Yeah. That was yeah. me in my twenties. Just had the best time. We we're on a holiday. It was oh, just great time. And also my, I, I remember my periods were off as well. They'd got wonky. So oh. I can't remember, I was either late or early, but it was a mess. So I was like, I was like, oh, well, I'm not even ovulating this month. Doesn't matter. I was like, doesn't matter. I'm starting IVF next month. I'll just wait for the next period. Fine. So just, 
I think I just totally relaxed. And then, um, <laughs> surprise, surprise, I get home and I'm waiting for my next period. And I'm like, I should have been here by now. I know they've been a bit off the last month, the last week or so, but I thought, surely, I, I just thought there's no way I'm pregnant because life doesn't work like that. That's mental. Yeah. And um, the days kept going. And I was about 10 days after my, and I was like, this is okay. I'm going to do a pregnancy test. And I did it and it was positive. And I was like, are you fucking joking? I was like, are you joking? Like, that's almost, that's so ridiculous. I don't know what to do. I just laughed. I was like, what? That's, that's, doesn't make any sense. And it was, <laughs> oh, it was just the best feeling in the world because I just thought, I can't, I can't believe. But then also, you, you, but even the like concern of having another miscarriage, I was like, I just can't believe I've conceived again. Like this, yes. it was weird how quickly it happened the first two times, but to get to this point after all of that, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, um, is it also scary because you've got the, this is amazing, you've got that high, but then it's like, you, you know what you've been through in the past. Definitely. It was like, is it ectopic? Is it, am I going to yeah. miscarry, miscarry? And it's always in the back of your head. But I just yeah. thought, well, I'm not going to do IVF now. So that's great. That's just, well, put that on hold. Um, so I... <laughs> we'll get the house done up now. Yeah. Oh no, I got a new bathroom. Not even joking. Oh yes. Like, IVF is criminal how expensive it is. It really is cruel. And the yeah. websites will quote something. It will say something like, oh, it's three grand. My final price back was six and a half. And my friend was like, you can add another two to that because they'll add drugs. And I was like, what? That is just, it's ridiculous. I feel so so much for anyone having to go through private F, um, IVF because the Absolutely. cost, it's just, it's horrendous. It, it should be regulated in some way, I think. But maybe that's for another episode. But I, um, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So then, because of the pre- my previous history, I get an early scan, so I'd have a seven had a seven week scan, and that that was horrifying because I was just going okay. there thinking, what am I gonna what am I gonna see? And I'll never forget. I went in, and there was this just this very tiny little uh, like I couldn't believe you could see a heartbeat at that, and oh. I'd never seen I'd never seen a heartbeat because the no, pre- that's got me. I don't know what previous previous two you know had been miscarriages. So. Um, I just remember seeing it, oh mate, and just thinking, oh my god, I can't god. believe that's. That once I'd seen that heartbeat, I was like, this could, this could work. This could be viable. And they're and so small at that point, aren't they? But it's just that little heartbeat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's, that's so nice for you to get to that point. I was, I'm triggering a pregnant woman. I'm sorry. I know. I, I don't know I how I'm not emotional. Like, when I talk about it, I don't get. Um, yeah, it's just. I don't over mine. It's my fiance that won't stop crying. But that's <laughs> just because of what you've been through and how much you wanted it. It's just. Yeah. It's so nice to hear in that moment. And, and we'll go over scans in more detail mm. and the scans we've been through in other episodes. But the scans are not like in the movies where it's or reality shows where it's like, oh, you're just going to go see them and it's going to be lovely. They are a terrifying experience. Oh. The scansiety, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. once you're in there and you know it's okay, it's the most magnificent thing I've ever experienced. But yes. the, the the lead up to it is dreadful. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I saw that. And do you know what? I actually thought, oh god, this will be stressful this entire pregnancy because I'm just going to think I'm going to keep miscarrying. And I've I've just, do you know what? I've just gone no, sod that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy this. Like there's nothing wrong. And you know, look, I've. Even now I have moments I feel nervous because the reality is it, being pregnant 
I think you worry the whole time because, yeah. you know, to an extent, but I've, it's, I don't know what pregnancy, pregnancy has, a, has quite a calming effect on me. Like Aww. I've just had no, I've touched with very lucky. I've had no anxiety. It makes me a m- much calmer state. And um, I think I'm just like, oh, I got to this point. And each, each week that goes by uh, feels a little better. And like the baby's, I can literally feel it kicking now, which is quite nice. But yeah. um, it, it's, <laughs> um, but yeah, to see that at the seven week was like, oh my God. And then we'll go on to the, you know, the next steps. But um, yeah, but that was my, that was my <laughs> journey. And it's, it's weird to, um, yeah, it, it's weird to say I'm at this point. It's still scary, but I just really hope anyone who is struggling at the moment, trying to conceive, I know how grim it is. And I know like women have multiple, multiple miscarriages. I don't know how, no. how they persevere. I, I think that second miscarriage like hit me so hard that I said I could probably only do one round of IVF. I don't know if I can handle disappointment again. It's so, it's dreadful. Um, and um, it's so all-consuming as well. Yeah. You just sort of want to be like, I, it's part of getting pregnant. I was like, oh, thank God I just don't have to think every month. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to have sex and then I'm going to have to check. Like just to take that and get a bit of my life back actually was, it's it, so, it takes over it's your life. so out of your hands. That's what it is. We, mm. we love an element of control in our lives and this, you've got none it's it's just and and people will say things to you like you say like you need to not be stressed maybe lose a bit of weight maybe watch your diet and all that's just like no it's off I'm trying not to swear like yeah it's 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 hard out of control there's things obviously you can do and advice you can take but ultimately it's it's that test it's you in the bathroom every month doing that Mm. pregnancy test and oh it's so out of your hands. It is. And the, I feel like the one takeaway we've got from this is just get drunk and then you get pregnant. <laughs> um, I conceived, no, the night it, I conceived, I'd had um, a helping of Prosecco. Yeah. Well, I think, I think what well, the obvious thing to take from this and everyone says it and it's so overwhelming, frustrating, overwhelmingly frustrating is, is when is relaxing and not concentrating on it and all that kind of stuff. But that is, I know how hard that is. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the only thing that worked for me was moving house was a massive distraction because it was, it was <laughs> although it was so stressful. Um, so I don't know how that would have helped, but it did distract me because that was my new baby with my new focus. Yeah. And then, you know, get, and, and then actually planning the IVF took it out of my hands. It felt like it was being taken out of my hands, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think, you know, don't hesitate. Like you, you know, you went and you had things looked at. You went and you got the help that's there for you. Don't think, I've got some friends that are like, oh, but I haven't been trying that long. So I don't know if I deserve it. It's go and get the help. You deserve it. And yeah. and also with, you know, what happened in the first instance, I think it's like, listen to your body. If you think something's off as women, we deal with a lot of pains all the time and we just crack yeah. on because we're great. But but definitely flag anything up. It's like they say, don't they, in pregnancy? Anything, flag mm. it up. So yeah. we have to do that. Listen to your body. Yeah. So it's, um, it, yeah, it's mad really when you look back on it. But I know there's a lot of people going through this, like so many people I know going through mm. struggles, IVF, all that kind of stuff. So um Look, that's what we're here for, hopefully. I mean, I know obviously we're both now pregnant now, but we have, you know, my journey, fertility journey was particularly um, tricky. Um, I know, Jenny, you'll talk more about your pregnancy journey as we go along because you've had some uh, curveballs there as well. But yes, yeah, that's right. It uh, doesn't stop. (laughs) But um, 
yeah we're going to share everything here and hopefully you can get involved as well if you want to if you want any advice that um website by the way ectopic.org.uk the ectopic pregnancy trust they were amazing um it's just forums of people talking about it which is just what you need when you're going through that but if you ever want to message me or jenny about anything um Mm -hmm. then do get in touch and um and share with us our email is oh hang on i just need to get the page up where's it gone you've only made this today there it is yeah i have it's new it's fresh and exciting (laughs) two new mums podcast at gmail.com two new mums podcast at gmail.com and like you say we've got a load of experts on hand who we're going to chat to over the episodes as well so ask us absolutely anything and hopefully we can help but that is the beginning of our journey to get to where we are there's a lot to come still. Yeah. <laughs> a hell of a lot. Yeah, it turns out this pregnancy stuff's quite a big deal, isn't it? There we go. Hopefully that's everything you need to know up to this point. There's quite a lot there. It's quite intense, but that's, uh, well, that's this journey, I guess, isn't it? We are perfect examples of how every person's journey is completely different. That is true. Very much so, yes. Um, So like I said, get in touch with any questions. But please, if you did enjoy it, feel free to do a little rate and review wherever you're listening. Oh, that'd help. Maybe use like baby emojis. If you want, yeah. 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 Emojis are optional. Uh, Let us know what you think. Uh, And if you want to find out more about The Baby Show, head to thebabyshow.co.uk. You can also, I'm looking at their Instagram right now, Amy. It's just The Baby Show. Search it, follow it. Good. They've got a lot of followers. This makes me like very excited slash nervous about when we do our live podcast from the baby oh, show. We'll it's a popular event. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, also, you can find us at Two New Mums Podcast on Instagram, where you can see loads of previous stuff of what we've been getting up to over like the last four years when we've been two non-blondes and now of course we've evolved into two new mums it's all day you can see our dogs and everything so um, get stuck in thanks guys hopefully see you in the next step bye bye